Welcome to The Satisfaction Project, your adults-only guide to independent sex professionals with Aussie escort Georgie Wolfe. Hey folks, welcome to episode 10 and thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Basically, a little earlier this month, I sat down in a hotel room with one of my closest friends, Sam from smutbuttons.com, to talk about brothels. So I know that we usually talk about independent sex professionals, such as escorts, but, you know, I decided to bend the rules a little bit because, let's face it, brothels are a thing in many parts of the world. They can also be a really good way to experiment with seeing hands-on sex professionals if you're not quite ready for the full independent experience. So if you've wondered what it's like to visit a brothel or what the etiquette is or what actually happens, wonder no more because Sam and I unpacked this in great detail and with some really bad jokes. I really hope you enjoy this. Before we dive in, here are our regular disclaimers. Firstly, we don't speak for all sex workers. This is an opinion-only zone. Second, there's no legal advice here either. It's your job to know your local laws and follow them. And lastly, remember that everyone does things their own way. So no matter what, please follow your workers' advice. Hey Sam, welcome back. Hello, good to be back. It's nice to have you because we've done podcast episodes before for my project, The Art of the Hookup, but we haven't done um, sex work stuff before. I mean, we've both done sex work stuff before, but we haven't done sex work related podcasts. This is true. We have not yet collaborated on this medium yet. Right. On this topic. On this topic. Yes. So it's going to be good. Just a bit of an extra disclaimer, because we are talking about brothels today. Um, you know, you could be anywhere in the world and brothels in your part of the world might work a little bit differently to the way it works around here. Um, and that's totally okay. Laws are really different everywhere too. So this um, this conversation is not the be all and end all. Please do your own research as well. Please use your common sense and obviously follow the directions you're given if you do visit a brothel. That's really important too. To start, just in case any of our listeners haven't caught up on any of the episodes we've done together for, for Art of the Hookup, could you tell us a little bit about um, you and like the kind of stuff that you do? Yeah, so uh, I like long walks on the beach and pina coladas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I run a website called smutbuttons.com uh, and I've been running it for close to a decade now. And it started basically as a repository for all of my stories from working in the sex industry. So I've done everything from brothel work to sex toy store management to porn to adult magazines to sort of just everything really um, and I just wanted a place to like put all my dirty stories and all of my collective wisdom um, and you know as a result I've managed to you know spin a semi-decent like side career out of it just doing little talks and workshops and whatnot um, and getting to meet awesome people like yourself so there's a lot to it so you've done tons of stuff you've worked in sex shops yep. you've worked um, as a receptionist at a brothel, yeah? Yep. Have you wor you worked both sides of the desk or behind the desk? Um, just as a hostess. Yeah, yeah, great. And you've done porn as well and you've done educational porn and you've also done some really cool shit lately that's just come out if you'd like to spruik it. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was a cast member, or sorry, am a cast member for season three of OMG Yes!, um, so for anyone who's not familiar with OMGS, get on it. It's amazing. Uh, it's basically this really cool group of people in the US who um, work with research institutes 
um, to put together data around pleasure. So they work with places like the Kinsey Institute and stuff, and they do like these big research projects on what people with vulvas really enjoy in terms of pleasure. So they're like, hey, if you've got like a vag, what do you like when people make it feel good? And then they like do everything from like, you know, mapping it on like little pictures and stuff and like writing little blurbs, but they also get people like me to go and talk about it. And then they even film us doing it. So like they flew me over to San Francisco and they um, did about six hours of interviews with me where they were like, okay, cool. What about this toy? What about this toy? Um, and then they filmed me while I demonstrated those techniques, which was an interesting experience. <laughs> so great. I was going to say, I would love to be flown to San Francisco, but I'm also very camera shy. So I would not <laughs> love to have someone film me putting things in my butt um, because I would just freeze up and you can't put anything in your butt when you're freezing up in fear. That does not work. Which I found out the hard way with six people oh. staring at my butthole. <laughs> oh my God. That is some that is some high level life skills, being able to relax your butthole enough while six people are watching you and filming to actually get anything in there at all. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a time <laughs> my hat goes off to you metaphorically <laughs> and you have this really cool um article on smartbuttons.com which is like you know your guide to visiting a brothel and it's really like there's a lot of info there there's a lot of stuff yeah it's it's a whopper of an article um yeah so i actually so years ago i did an ama on reddit and ask me anything um where i and it was when i was working as a brothel madam um where i was like hey reddit ask me what you want. And it was really fun. Um, and so a couple of years later, someone, a user on Reddit, um, basically posted their, um, experience of visiting brothels in Brisbane. And like, they'd written this really comprehensive guide. And I was like, this is amazing. Cause this is answering a lot of the questions I got asked, asked when I did my AMA. And so I reached out to him and I was like, Hey man, would you mind if I like turned this into an article? Cause I think it would be really helpful for a lot of people. And the dude was really lovely and was like, yeah, please like help yourself kind of thing. And so I reached out to a friend who's a sex worker and said, hey, let's like, you know, tidy this up, but also give like the other perspective so that it's not just an article about what it's like to visit a brothel, but also like some inside advice on like what it's like for sex workers when you like, you know, what they're thinking when you visit. Mm. So it's actually the um, most popular article on my site. Um, and it covers everything from like, <laughs> From parking to trimming your pubes to intro rooms to rates um, to what happens after you come to like, um, yeah, basically everything. I love that it's got the bit about the parking. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're worried about the sex and we're worried about how much it's going to cost and what the rules are and how to behave. But also, like, where are you going to park, man? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's you like, know. <laughs> these things are actually worth considering too. Well, like, yeah, I think a lot of people have concerns about like, you know, well, if it's somewhere in my neighborhood, like what if someone sees my car? Well, yeah, yeah, all this stuff, the privacy, all the things. Um, yeah, this is all good stuff to consider. So I guess there's another little bit that I'd like to add to this that, um, you know, if you're listening, if you've listened to a few of these podcasts or if you've seen the website satisfactionproject.com, you'll know that generally we focus on independent sex workers, that that's, you know, I think that seeing an independent sex worker can be a really great way to get your needs met. But I'd also like to acknowledge that there are many different types of sex work, as we've talked about in previous episodes, and that, uh, you know, D 
different types of sex work suit different types of people. And certainly in Australia, where we are, brothels are a thing. In many other parts of the world, they are too. Um, in the US, they are a thing, both in Nevada, where they're, I think, illegalized, um, and in other parts of the country, where maybe they're criminalized. You know, brothels are a thing. And I know a lot of clients who first got started seeing sex workers in brothels and then started seeing escorts, or who just still see brothel workers to this day because it suits them better. So, you know, even though we talk about escorts and independent workers most of the time, I think this is a really useful discussion to have. Um, and it's good to know what it's like. Maybe, you know, maybe you need the information to decide what's going to be best for you. I think it's also like if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that different people like different ways of working. Right. Like how many of us are like, I can't wait to go back to work in the office. And how many of us like, fuck me, working from home is the greatest thing that ever happened yeah, to I'm any of two. us. Yeah. <laughs> but this applies to sex workers too. Like yeah. we all choose different types of work that suit us. I could not have a camera pointed at my butthole. Uh, that is a, just such an amazing skill and I'm in awe of that. Um, however, I will say that I did get the shit fucked out of me for two hours this afternoon right before we recorded this podcast and that is my sweet spot. Oh, that sounds a bit suspect. There's no... <laughs> but did the client find your sweet spot? I mean, yes. Also, um, you know, we all have different things we enjoy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's really good to talk about the options because I think yeah. it's good to consider all the options. And if you've been thinking of trying brothels, going to a brothel and seeing a worker there, um, it is different. It is different yeah. to seeing an independent worker in a number of kind of significant ways that you, you might want to know about so you can weigh it up and so so you know what to expect. I would like to add too that I actually started doing sex work in brothels. So that was my, it wasn't my first experience of sex work because I have actually seen sex workers way before I was a sex worker. Um, but my first experience of being a sex worker was doing brothel work and it was really useful because I was surrounded by all these people who were giving me lots of good advice. Yeah. I had good support um, and I was able to learn things and figure stuff out a lot quicker than if I'd been on my own. So it was really useful. And I suspect maybe the same might be true for some clients that it's easier if they yeah. can go into a, an establishment where they have a bit of support, the receptionist might. Is that a situation that you would find that you'd so, have to give people a bit of guidance? When yeah, they came in? like it, I find it really interesting that brothels or parlors or whatever you want to call them, like they, they act as a kind of gateway for both clients and sex workers, I think, because they offer structure and they offer like um, sort of like parameters that you don't have without them. And this can be a good thing or a bad thing. And I have opinions yeah. about about, you know, I wouldn't do brothel work again. It's not for me, but sometimes it can suit people yeah. having that, that structure. Yeah. And I think that for people I have met in my life who have been considering sex work, um, they have said that starting off in a brothel has been really helpful for mm. them because it gave them the structure to then launch their career as yeah. an independent. And it was. For yeah. me, it was definitely a helpful place to start. Yeah, because it means that you don't have to worry about, like, learning like you don't have the um the risk factors as an independent where you're learning everything at once, at once. and having no one to turn to unless you've got yep. good uh, you've already built up a good network or you have friends who are workers exactly. yeah, it could be a learning curve so but uh, you know just acknowledging some people actually just prefer brothel work too like all that yeah. stuff is totally legit and like a lot of workers that we um that i worked with you know were people who loved the hours so we had people who would work um during the day shift and most of the time, like um, independent workers, there wasn't really enough um, demand 
to sustain it for them if they wanted to work like you know basically during school hours um whereas brothel work like a lot of brothels would pay them just to sort of be in the house during those hours because for the few clients that came in they wanted to have that appearance of like oh look how many ladies we have we're like super cool come on down see all the ladies <laughs> and so they would get like a shift fee of like you know maybe 500 bucks a week just to show up oh god i wish that happened to me yeah it wasn't common but during the boom days um it happened so i'm kind of curious um, when you were working as a receptionist did you ever get someone coming in a client who had never seen sex workers before and what was that process like for you in terms of kind of you know giving them the crash course welcome to the brothel kind of situation so it happened a lot um but one of the most memorable times was um so i i'm relatively good at reading people um because of my particular brand of neurodivergence. So I pick up on a lot of subtle social cues that neurotypical people don't always pick up on. Um, and so we had a client come in who um, on the surface, lots of people would have read as kind of angry. Um, but because, um, so the way that our um, brothel worked was we had introduction rooms, which are like tiny little rooms with like a little couch or like a little um, armchair and you pop the client down and then each of the sex workers or service providers as we called them um, would come in and introduce themselves and wander off and it can go one of two ways so some brothels or parlors as they call them have a situation which is an open lounge and you go in and you meet all the workers in that sort of open area and some places they put you in a room or a lounge area and then people come in and meet you one by one and then you tell the receptionist who you want to see once you've met everyone and some like us we had both um, and so when it was busy we would put everyone in the lounge so it sort of had this atmosphere of like being like a party mm -hmm. so it was like you know there was a pool table and a jukebox and there sounds was... very like strip club vibes yeah. we actually need to chat to a few different people yeah and it was sort of like, you know, on Friday and Saturday nights, it was sort of like had this, you know, atmosphere. But when it was quiet, we'd use the little intro rooms so it would sort of feel like, you know, more um, exclusive, I guess. This could matter to a client who's really worried about privacy. So if you don't want to run into your boss or your mate or whatever, it's good to know if your local brothel is a, um, a lounge intro type or a... Um, or a small intro room type, or if it's, you know, a hybrid where if you turn up on a Friday night, it's like, you know, party in the, in the fucking living room type situation. Um, that's good information to have. And most places, um, like we used to have clients who would come in on, you know, like the, a lounge night and would just say, oh, could I do private intro? Oh, and that's okay to ask. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I popped this client in the intro room and because as the hostess, like I could, um, you know, I had the luxury of like being able to have a chat with the clients and, you know, it was sort of like at my discretion, like if I wanted to have a bit of a chin wag or if I wanted to like just treat them like trash, I could. Um, well, you know, obviously if someone's not playing by the rules or yeah. is, you know, is not being, um, not being friendly or pleasant, then they, they're ejected from the venue. So same rules apply as for sex work generally. You do need to be personable and, um, you know, play by the rules and be polite, otherwise you're out. Yeah, and think of it basically like any kind of business. Like if you've ever worked retail or hospitality or ever had someone come to your home, like, you know, if someone comes into your place of work and they're drunk or disorderly or if they're disorderly, Disorderly. <laughs> you can't have people who are disorderly in your room. Only people who are lordly. <laughs> Only people who are lordly. Like for me, the and this is such a like a holdover from my mother's strange and esoteric etiquette. 
I couldn't stand it when people would come in and leave their hats on. Oh, my goodness. But that would happen all the time. You get some bloke walk in with his cap on and everyone yep. in the back room. So so the the workers at the establishment I worked at would all sit on couches at the back and then someone would come through to the reception and everyone would be looking at the cameras to make sure it wasn't their dad or brother or whatever yeah. because of course that would be awkward so you just check and check it out and make sure it's not someone you know and then you wander it out but when they've got their hat pulled right exactly. down you're like is it who is that who is that I, sure. I don't know who that is yeah. and so i used to whenever people would come in i'd be like oh could you just take your hat off please and i had one kid who i swear was like not a whisker past 18 go oh, why it's not an rsl <laughs> but you know like same i'm not gonna say same rules apply but that could have kind of like old school politeness shit yeah will get you a long way in yeah. sex work and i'm not saying that i'm one of those people that thinks that chivalry shouldn't be dead and uh, you know that i wish we could go back to the gold days when blokes held mm. doors open for women but if you have to start somewhere old-fashioned gentlemanly manners isn't actually a bad place to start yeah and when we had like Towards the end of my time working in brothels, I got rather brazen um, and was slightly less subtle in my customer service skills, you could say. Um, and we used to get, like, you know, more and more drunk people coming in. And you people... always get the late night folks. Yeah. And then you get the nervous folks who've had quite a bit to drink because oh, they yeah. were just so scared they were so to scared. come in. It's really hard. Yeah, especially when it's, you know, your first few times. Yeah, yeah, that Dutch courage kind of stuff. Mm. But you would get people who were just disrespectful. Um, and so the people who were just clearly disrespectful, I would always just <laughs> casually say, so just as a friendly reminder, all of the service workers here do have rights of refusal. So if they don't like you, they don't have to sleep with you. Um, so if you would like to be the person that can't get a fuck in a brothel, um, I suggest like you get your shit together. I love the... Um, you know, couldn't get a root in a brothel thing because we often, you know, sort of said as a bit of a joke, but actually it can be quite tricky to get with a sex worker. There are things that you need to know. There are social skills. Um, there are hygiene things. It's actually, it's not like getting laid with a sex worker is so easy that if you fail, there's something wrong with you. No. A lot of people, a lot of people fail to see sex workers because they're just not aware of the etiquette or of what was required or they miss a, a cue and they have to try again. So I just want to put that out there. Like it's a, we joke around as though everyone gets laid in a brothel, but that's not the case. Like yeah. people do show up and they're not sure of the etiquette. And this is why we're talking about this stuff. So that when you give it a go, sorry, if you give it a go, you're kind of forearmed with, yeah. with the practical stuff you might need to know. So you won't have to stress about that stuff. Yeah. Seeing a sex worker is not a sure thing. Nothing no. is a sure thing. Same as any type of sex worker too. Like you're just as likely, uh, you need to try just as hard with someone you meet in a brothel as an independent yep. um, to be polite and be respectful and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Did um, you, you didn't finish telling this story so, about the guy in the intro room. So I sat this gentleman down and I think because I sort of, what I tended to do was when I put them in the chair, I would kneel down to show them the, we had like a little laminated menu that had the prices. And when they were new, like we would always ask when they came in, like, hey, have you been to see like us before? And if they said no, I'd kneel down and like explain the price mm. listing because it can be a bit complicated. And it's kneel down because they only have one chair usually in the little exactly. intro space. So the yeah. person sitting in the chair, <laughs> and you're standing above them, which is weird. Yeah. So you either choose to sit on the edge of the chair, which is what I would do when I was introing, but of course yeah. you're not going to do that at the reception. Exactly. So you need, to, you need yeah. to kneel. Yeah. Had to kneel, had to kind of like get down on the level and sort of be like, hey, I'm not a threat. I'm a friendly person. Yeah. 
Um, and when I knelt down next to him, I sort of got a closer look at his face and I was like, oh, sweetie, you are so anxious. Oh, he wasn't angry. He was he anxious. He was anxious. And so I went into the, the girls' room, which was where they were all hanging out, like, you know, waiting for bookings and was like, hey, there's like an intro in room one. Everyone went in, did an intro. Um, and then I went in and said, hey, like who's available, who's not available, just so I know like when he asks. And everyone was like, not not available. And I was like, shite. Do you think that they were picking up on that nervous fire? Yeah. So most of them were just like, so a couple of them had just come out from bookings and were like, I'm tired, I need a break. Um, a couple of them were about to knock off shift and were like, eh, nah, I'm not staying back late. I want to go home. Um, and a couple of them were just like, I don't like his vibe. Oh, I would have, I have like, my kink is totally for nervous people. Well, and this was the funny thing. So, um, I went back to him and I sort of said, oh, who, who were you after? Um, and he was like, oh, and, and this is the other thing that I, I've always found interesting because, and I never appreciated it until I booked a sex worker myself where clients would always say, oh, number three. And it always used to drive me up the wall because I'd be like, no, no, honey, she has a name. But when you have people come in in such it's quick really succession, you never catch the name. Yeah, mind you, I forget everyone's names when I meet them within three seconds. That's exactly. Also a thing. Um, and so, yeah, like when I was on the client end, I was kind of like, ah, oh, shit, now it I is get actually it. Quite yeah. Hard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, the third lady was lovely. Oh, so, brothel etiquette tip number one: if you've met like six or seven ladies, six or seven people. And you're like, oh, God, okay, I know who I want, but I don't remember their name or whether they came in fourth or fifth or sixth. And you need to describe them to the receptionist. What's the go-to? Try and remember a distinguishing feature. Um, so, And also, even if you can remember, so it seemed like most people could remember the order, but try and use slightly more humanizing language than number three. Number three, So yeah. say like, oh, the third lady was lovely. Yeah, or yeah, I really loved great. the woman who came in third or like yeah. whatever. Something that reminds everyone that you see people as people is really helpful. Yeah. Um, and if you can't remember what order someone came in and you can't remember their name, something like, oh, the lady in the blue dress or yeah. um, that gorgeous blonde woman, um, you know, with the... Look, even if you say the gorgeous blonde with the huge tits, I don't mind as long as, like, you're still treating her as a person. Yeah. And, you um, know, maybe it's one of those nights where everyone was wearing a little black dress. Yeah. But there'll always be something about someone that you notice. And if you're not noticing any distinguished char distinguishing characteristics about the person you're interested in, maybe it's time to intro them again because, yeah. you know, if you've picked someone, it's for a reason. It's because they have beautiful eyes or because they have gorgeous hair or because they just seem really bubbly. Say the really bubbly, outgoing kind of person with the gorgeous brunette hair. You know, you could presumably you've picked you've picked out something you like about them. So you'll you'll have describing characteristics. Right? Yeah, and it's okay if you if there's like if you were kind of a bit overwhelmed and you're like oh, that was all just a complete blur. You can ask for a second round of intros. It's not unheard of. Um, we would often have people go, oh, could I just have that again? again. Um, and yeah. the girls are used to it, we're used to it. Um, and most of the time, the second round of intros, it'll just be they'll stick their head around the corner and go, Tiffany, Heidi, Caroline. And then that person goes, yes, now yeah. I remember. Oh, now I remember. 
But sometimes what happens is a, a um, customer would call a couple of us back and then say, hey, like, I really like you. Do you mind if I just ask for a little bit more detail about the services you offer? Yeah. And that's a nice way to, rather than asking everyone you meet about their different services, um, just calling back a couple of people you're interested in and getting then doing a bit of a deeper dive. Um, and maybe you can give us a rundown on like how the fee kind of structure works at a brothel because it is different to an independent. An independent escort will set their own rates. They'll offer different packages or services and there's a huge variety to choose from and you can check those prices ahead of time online before you meet them. But a brothel is different, right? Yeah, so brothels are like, and this is, I imagine varies from brothel to brothel, state to state, country to country, etc. But um, it is a, it's a bit weird. So essentially um, where we are in Victoria, um, and with the current system, it's kind of like um, the brothel is like a short stay hotel, right? And they charge a standard rate just for staying at their hotel. For the room. For yeah. the room. Think of it as a room fee, right? And then your sex worker is a contractor. And so she or he or they get to set their own fee for whatever services they charge. So, for example, the place that I worked at, I think, and my memory is a bit fuzzy on numbers because numbers are very boring and don't have nipples, but I think <laughs> it was like the room fee for an hour was like uh, 200 bucks, right? So that's, that's your privilege for using their kind of tacky, terrible room for an hour. Depending on the place. Depending Some on the place. Some places are great. Some are, Some are, you know, it just depends. Yeah. Um, some are Roman themed and have terrible linen. I actually really like the Roman themed ones. <laughs> anyway, sorry. You're trash tastic. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I need to interrupt this podcast for a second to remind you about something really important. I'm recording this on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. It is stolen land, and I'd like to acknowledge that to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who may be listening. Um, so there's the standard fee and the, the interesting thing is that like when you call to book, they'll tell you that the standard fee, um, includes certain services with, um, your sex worker. So, um, then the sex worker will offer extras that you pay directly to them. And in the places I worked, the standard services are massage, oral sex and intercourse. So I used to I used to have this so down pat because I used to say it so often. <laughs> give us the spill. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to give you my like professional brothel voice. Please. Ready? Mm-hmm. Thank you for calling the brothel. Our standard service includes massage, protected oral and protected sex. For any extras, you will need to negotiate with your service provider. I feel like I'm on the phone to Medibank Private, but they're saying things that I never anticipated. (laughs) If you would like to have sex with a goat, you'll need to procure your own goat. (laughs) If we're going to make one-legged goat jokes again, this whole thing is just going to devolve. By the way, there there are no goats in brothels. This is just an ongoing joke between us about goat porn. It's true. We don't have sex with goats. We We just like to make bad jokes. We just like goat jokes. Yeah. So my experience in brothels, and like I know that sex workers are supposed to be independent contractors, but actually often um, the the brothel or parlor does actually set certain rules. And one of those for the places I worked was fee. So there was a set fee for the standard service. And then there was a set fee for extras that everyone charged. And these extras were sometimes things like um, 
you know, kissing yeah. or, you know, sometimes like crazy positions or yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, so that, But that's just my experience. Different places yeah. will run different ways, right? So we had a similar thing where it was like, you know, standard was like massage protector all on sex. And then there was um, like they recommended that it was like 50 bucks for, you know, basic extras and basic extras was stuff like kissing and different positions. Fantasies, role plays. Well, see, that's where it got interesting. So the the parlor I worked at and I, I quite liked that they did this was essentially like each person because some some of the workers were like, I don't do kissing. I'm not interested in it. And mm-hmm. understandably, because back then, you know, pre-pandemic, they were like, I just don't want to catch colds and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And everyone Which, sets their own yeah. guidelines around that stuff. Um, and I liked, I really liked that it was sort of like, you know, I'm not going to offer that because I don't want to. Um, and the parlor was like, yep, yeah, cool. You don't yeah, offer that's that. that's great. Rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were other things where like, you know, someone was like, oh, I offer toys, um, but I charge $200 for it mm. because I buy really good toys. Toys. Anal. So, Anal is always extra and it's always a lot more than so, your other services. This was my favorite thing. So because um, my parlor let everyone sort of like dictate their own sort of extras based on whether or not you wanted to offer it and sort of based on like how big you wanted to go with it. Mm-hmm. So like one of the girls would offer role play, but like charged like 500 bucks for it. Cause like, damn, she went all out. Really? Like full cosplay level. Oh my God, I need to meet this person. Right? Like, and that's what I loved was like, so we ended up with this kind of micro economy happening and it was fascinating. Where everyone was specializing in the things yeah. they're good at and charging accordingly. And charging accordingly. Almost like independent work, but on a, just on a small scale. Exactly. So, but my favorite was with Greek or anal. So, um, butt sex, butt sex, butt sex. <laughs> um, so we had one woman who hated it, absolutely hated it, but rather than refusing to offer it, she charged two grand for it because she was like, you know what? Mm. I hate it. But if someone's going to pay me two grand, I'll do it. Maybe I won't hate it quite so much. Yeah. Point. Did anyone ever pay the two grand? They did because to them it was like, you know, this kind of power kink where it was like, if I know that you hate it, but you're still offering it, which means that it's up for sale. Like I want that. And the reason she hated it was just because it made her poop. And so for her, it was like this great joke where she was like, if you want me to shit on your dick for two grand, I'll shit on your dick. This is actually a really cool kind of way to illustrate, like, you know, how consent works in this situation. It's yeah. not we're allowed as workers to kind of agree to the things we want to agree to. And sometimes we say, yes, I'll do that because we love doing it. And sometimes we say, yes, I'll provide that as a service for this amount of money because it's something that's a bit harder for me. And so that amount of money is the amount that I'm happy to exchange yeah. for it and that's that's consent yeah that's a well-negotiated situation yeah. so yeah if you want to charge two grand for anal it's like the pen folds of anal yeah 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 and someone wants to feel really good like i imagine you feel like a million bucks if you were having anal sex with someone and it cost you two thousand bucks you'd be like wow i know that yeah. i'm special not many because people would not be many having people that experience yeah. and by contrast we also had the passion pop of anal which was <laughs> one worker who absolutely loved butt sex mm. and for her she was like it's actually for me easier than having vaginal sex so she charged 50 bucks i love it this is yeah. what i love about sex work so much we all just get to decide what we'd like to do and what we wouldn't and then we get to set our prices and then we'll find people we'll find people that fit our niches it's so nice so no matter what you want as a client 
you're going to find someone that's into it that's into it yeah but like what does that look like at a brothel because obviously when you walk in on the night you you're only meeting the people that happen to be there at the time and then if you're looking for something specific i imagine there's a conversation that has to happen yeah so what we used to get was we would have clients call up ahead of time if they had something special in mind um they'd call up and ask if we had anyone who provided X, Y, or Z. Um, so we had clients who would call up and say, hey, do you have someone who's available who might do, for example, water sports? Mm, couples. Um, yeah, couples were a big one. Kink. Um, ones we always appreciated um, calls in advance for couples. Um, Ladies, people who see, uh, sorry, women who see women. Yep. Yep. Um, and also ones that require a bit of prep. So anything involving costumes or like wear props where we, we um, you've got to go buy stuff, but also water sports where someone has to like physically prepare. Yeah. Um, all of those are good, but also just if you've got something a bit specific in mind um, or then there's always <laughs> the client that I loved who, um, you know, sometimes there'll be something that you think is really specific and that you might be a little bit nervous about asking yeah. for, but um, that really isn't. Not to workers, yeah. Yeah. And it couldn't be really nice, I think, for some folks to be like, oh, this thing is really hard for me to tell you and I hope you don't judge me for it, but it's something I'm really into. And have the other person say, yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. I do it all the time. I love it. Or I do it all the time. I'm super comfortable. And to realize it's not a big deal, that can be really nice. My favorite was uh, this guy walked in once and, you know, very nervous, like sweating profusely, came up and was like, oh just want to know if there's there's someone who can do this particular thing and I was like oh god what was the thing well I was like the way this dude is acting it's going to be something illegal and he was like oh do you wasn't have... goats was it sorry <laughs> sorry about the goat jokes there are no goats in ruffles he's like do you, do you have anyone who would do doggy style and I freaked out and I was like do you have anyone who wouldn't do doggy well, style yeah and I was like do you mean with actual dogs oh, like god. that was where my mind went because I was like there's the because only he reason so he would be that nervous mm. and he was like no I mean like you know the position on all fours because for some people particularly older gents yeah who've been told that that stuff is gross and that anything except missionary is gross that sex out yeah. of wedlock is gross that you know like oh my god and sometimes the stuff we want feels like it's so scary but it's yeah. actually just sex stuff that it's totally okay i talked to his service provider after the booking and she was like oh he was such a sweetheart just turns out like he and his wife super religious he always felt like he could never ever talk to his wife about it because you know oh. lights out socks on kind of sex no no not the socks always the socks that's a brothel tip we'll get to but continue <laughs> on um yeah and like he was just so nervous and yeah that was like for him that was the moby dick that was the like the thing you can never mention you don't say its name and oh just hearing that story like i just love nervous people so much and i love I love people that are a little insecure yeah. or that have never done something before. I love helping them feel comfortable. And I think maybe that's why I love my job so much. I love meeting new people and going, no, the thing you want is okay. Yeah. Whether it's a doggy style or whether it's something, some full on kinky cosplay yeah. or whatever. I want you to be a pirate with one leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. With a goat named Smith. What was yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, 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 it's wonderful. Hey, I'd love to ask you also, and this is something that people might not be aware of if they haven't been to a brothel before, like what's the actual experience like? Once you've paid your money, right, and you've, pick, you've picked the person, you've paid your money, 
sort of you kind of get put in a room with the person and there's this certain process that you go through and this process can look a bit different to seeing an independent with an independent they may come to your hotel or home or you might visit um, an independent worker at their place of work and it can feel a bit like showing up to see a friend hey how you doing would you like a glass of wine let's sit down and have a chat and it can feel pretty cash but i kind of feel like brothels are a little bit more strict in how it's all run like what's that look like yeah it's uh it's a lot less cash uh a lot more regimented um so okay you go up to the desk you pay your money um or you pay your sex worker directly depending on where you are um at my parlor you would go upstairs to where the rooms are um you would um your sex worker would show you into the room and she would show you where the showers are um and she would ask you to have a shower but before that no first <gasps> no yes shower before yes oh, okay sorry continue on yeah um then while you were showering she would leave the room um so you can have a proper scrub a dub dub um and she would go and like freshen up and you know do whatever um, and then you shower and she would come back to the room and then, um, she would have a quick squeeze at your junk. So some brothels you'd go in and there'd be a little lamp and the lamp would be pointing not at the room, but at the floor. And the reason the lamp was pointing at the floor was about crotch height. So you can, you know, whip your junk out and the worker can have a look and make sure you don't have any visual signs of STIs or anything like yeah. that. And I'm questioning my memory now because I thought we did that before shower in case the shower washed anything off that we needed to see. But now I'm not sure if I'm right. I'm not sure of the protocol. So don't quote me on this. I'm going to have to go consult our little red book. So look, it might be it might be different worker to worker. Um, or place to place. Or place to place. Mm. Um, my understanding was that they normally got you to shower first because they don't want to be handling gross Sweaty dick. Sweaty dick. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and this can be the hardest part of the whole thing for people because you've literally just met someone and instead of getting sexy slowly like we're used to on a date, you literally have to drop your drawers in front of a yeah. virtual stranger and a lot of people find this really challenging. It's pretty confronting, yeah. It's sort of like, you know, it's imagine you're out on a date with someone and the first thing they do is like, the- I want a close-up clinical photograph of your mm, genitals, I mean, please. That sounds kind of hot. It depends, <laughs> it depends on the kinks and what kind of scenes you're into. Like it's, but, it's definitely one of mine. <laughs> uh, what, what's really good to remember, I think, is that this is just the process and your worker will have done this 10 million times to them. It's just another day in the office. They're not, they're not thinking the situation is weird that you've had to drop your pants. It's weird for you because it's a new experience, but they're not weirded out at all. You can relax. You're not making things awkward by whipping your junk out. Um, it's just part of the stuff that you need to do. Yeah. It's super, super chill. Um, and it is one, one good thing to keep in mind though is like if you are thinking about trimming your pubes or anything, um, just like keep in mind if you're prone to ingrown hairs or anything. If you do have ingrown hairs, they will like assume that it's an STI, not an ingrown Don't hair. Don't get like, razor rash. Yeah, yeah. Like if there's, if there's any kind of doubt or like any kind of, mm, I don't know what that is they will err on the side of caution because it's their health and their health is their livelihood. And obviously, if you do have anything that looks like it could actually be an STI, go to your doctor first and get it checked out. That way, if your worker says, hey, what's that about? Go, oh, actually, I went to my GP. It's just a skin tag or it's just a whatever. Um, Otherwise, you may find yourself in the awkward position of having another worker called in for a second opinion. And what happens there is the worker goes and gets someone, usually the most experienced 
uh, person in the in the whole joint and then they both come in and look at your junk together um, which could be super sexy if, if that's your kink but can also be like super awkward having two people that you've only just met <laughs> looking at your bits um, so best avoided best to avoid razor rash best to get anything checked out that you're worried about yeah. see a doctor before you show up um yeah that's a really good idea and also like just remember sti is like not a big deal and there's no shame if you do have one like they are very easily treatable and like it's not a moral or ethical judgment if you do have them like just go see your doctor they're pretty much most of them are treatable with like you know antibiotics and stuff like that so yeah and you know we're not going to judge you um yeah. but it is really important because sex workers have a really high standards of safer sex yeah and because it's a livelihood you know we can't afford to take time off work for that stuff yeah. um, that we will be super strict about it so you know in the brothel if we did see anything that was the slightest bit red or or um you know anything going on we would go hey what's that and we would yeah. need to know so you know best to check that stuff out thanks for the shaving tip though that's a that's a really good yeah we saw unfortunately it happened to a couple of clients where it was like it was razor ash oh, um and they, they had just, just wanted nuts. they wanted to be and like all trimmed day. and you know wanted to be all like specky for the ladies and it kind of backfired and, and i love it i love yeah. it when people do the do the grooming especially yeah. around the the bits um and obviously everyone's different in what they prefer but it's just really nice to get in there and find yeah. it's all nice and trimmed so they're all you're on the right track right yeah. it's just a matter of it's timing yeah. it's yeah if you're gonna give your lads a bit of a trim just make sure you do it either right before you go in so you know there's no chance of ingrown hairs forming or like long enough in advance that you know they've got a chance to like grow back a little bit and your skin is you know calmed down a bit yeah. that kind of stuff exactly yeah um so yeah it's it's a bit confronting, but it's a necess- It's very much a necessity. While we're on hygiene, let's talk about shower. Yeah. Scrub your ass. It's all about the butt. It's always all about the butt. There's a, um, there's a podcast that's really cool called um, Somebody You Love, um, and it's hosted by Jenna Love and Holly Hart, and they have an episode where they're like, wash your butt wash your butt and they get really into it it's great number one rule yeah the thing that always blew my mind was um because i used to spend some time on the punter forums um reading what people were writing about the different brothels about the different workers just because i was curious about like both sides of the story kind of thing um and the number of people who would say yeah yeah like when they asked me to take a shower I just like I duck under the water and then duck back out and I was like mate why it's a fucking shower like you're just getting clean Jesus Christ it was the the like this insistence that like you've got to pull one over like yeah well I mean any feeling that you're trying to get stuff out of your mm. worker that that they don't want to give um, you're headed for trouble because you're not going to have a good experience. But also just like basically like getting someone close to you and wanting them to enjoy being close to you, like how you smell and feel mm. is going to be the first port of call. So that means armpits, means yeah. your butt. Uh, we used to see a lot of blokes that had just knocked off from work, like tradies yeah. and stuff, and they were really cool. Like, you know, they knew the drill. Like, yep, you've worked all day. You're going to have a really good shower. Yeah. I, I loved it when the tradies came in. We used to love, um, we would have blokes who would come in and they'd bring their own soap. Um, because the, obviously the stuff that we had in the parlor was like, you know, just the bulk kind of hotel stuff. Yeah. And they'd be like, nah, nah, you know, I'm spending time with someone I like. I want the good stuff. I love it. And they'd bring in, you know, special soap or like, you know, nice shampoo or whatever. And like, that was, oh, you cannot do better than that. Like if you want to actually like, 
you know, develop a decent connection with someone, right? right? That is how you do it, is like demonstrate that you actually give fucks about them. Right, going the extra mile. Yeah. Don't forget that we have an online membership program. Membership gives you access to videos on our website that show you how to have incredible experiences with sex workers. We even have a private Twitter feed so that you can connect with your fellow sexual adventurers. To become a member, visit satisfactionproject.com and hit the sign up button. And speaking of going the extra mile, what are your tips for, so you've done the shower, you've done the health check, it's all great. It's time to get, get it down on. to it. Right. What, and I, you know, maybe your advice is going to be the same as I have for people that just want to have great sex with their sex worker, any, you know, as an independent too. Like, what are your tips? What's going to help you guarantee a good session with a brothel worker? I think it depends on what you want. Um, like it's interesting. I saw a lot of clients who came in with a lot of different wants. So we had clients who came in. Um, we had one guy who was particularly memorable who had just come back from um, serving in, I think, Afghanistan or Iraq. Um, and he, I think he'd been deployed for quite a while. Um, and he came in, he was like, I just want to have physical contact with yeah. someone. Um, and so he spent his whole hour just giving her a massage. Oh, that's lovely. Um, and like, she had a wonderful time. <laughs> um, but like, he was more or less sort of like doing body slides with her and like just massage. And it was just about skin to skin physical touch stuff. Yeah, like getting mm -hmm. that oxytocin happening and like just feeling good again. Um, for another guy, it was, um, he was new to sex. He wasn't a virgin, not that virginity is a real thing, but like, you know, he was kind of like, oh, I've, I've, you know, kind of done stuff, but I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't want to be like, you know, kind of, I'm not looking to be like a porn star or anything, but like, I want to, you know, if I'm with someone, I want to feel like I know what I'm about kind of thing. And so he came in to learn how to get good at stuff. So good. Which, of course, he was very popular, um, nice. like to the point where he was getting discounts because they were like, you're doing a national service. Uh, today, we're going to focus on fingering. Uh, today, we're going to focus on nipple play, like because he wasn't just talking the talk. He legitimately wanted to learn and was like demonstrating that he was trying to learn. Right. Um, we had other guys who uh, it was not at all uncommon for guys who would come in who just honestly basically wanted therapy like you know i just want you to hold me while i talk so that's um, kind of support thing of being listened yeah. to obviously if you need therapy folks see a therapist yeah first if you're dealing with major shit if you feel like having a bit of a breakdown like we've all been there especially in the last couple of years oh yeah but please like see a therapist see a counselor and then come to sex workers for your company and your banter yeah. and your hugs right yeah absolutely like there's nothing wrong with wanting physical touch but like for the emotional shit like maybe don't unburden that on someone if it's who's a big not thing prepared for yeah, it yeah. or if you just want to be listened to and have someone tell you you're sexy or you want to talk yeah. about your day or having a crappy day like sex workers can be great for that yeah yeah so i think like in terms of you know getting the most out of your booking the biggest thing is knowing what you want i was gonna say that sounds like the common thread with all those stories you just yeah. told the people came in and then they said to their worker hey this is what I'm looking for because otherwise we don't know and we're kind of just going to take you through the standard stuff yeah. because we're not sure what you're looking for. Yeah, and I think that's true of like pretty much any service-based profession. Right. It's like, you know, when I go get a massage or if I go get a haircut or if I go get my nails did or whatever, like if I go in and kind of go, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know, like just kind of 
it, just make it nice. Like, I'm going to get a half-assed job because they don't know what I want. The thing about sex is, though, so as an independent escort, when people contact me looking for a booking, I say, hey, so what kind of experience are you looking for? And whether they can answer that question or not is often a factor in whether I choose them as a client at all. Mm -hmm. But if you book someone at a brothel, you're in the room with them, you've paid, you are committed at that point. And, um, you know, I've said to clients in brothels, hey, so what are you looking for? And often they've been too embarrassed or too shy or too ashamed to say anything. And if that's the case, you're just going to get taken through a stock standard massage oral sex out the door and you may not get what you want. So that that kind of speaking up becomes really important at that yeah. point because when we don't have the time to sit down and do a therapy session and get it out of you the way that I might as an independent because I've got more time to, to exchange emails before booking that we're on the fucking clock. So if you can't speak up, you may just get a very standard kind of treatment. And I think, though, there is – it's sort of um, – I give similar advice when it comes to sex toys, right? Like, it's okay to go in and just buy the most basic thing because sometimes if you start with the basic, you can build on that knowledge. I like that. So you go in, you get the basic package, and you go, okay, I liked this part of it, but I didn't like this part. And maybe next time I'd like more of this and less of and that. And then we fine-tune. Yeah. So if you have no idea what you want, that's okay. It doesn't mean you don't go book a sex worker. It just means you go in and you start with the absolute basics – and then build from there. That's such good advice because you're right. Often we don't know what we want, especially if we haven't had a lot of experience yeah. with sex. We do need to try. Sometimes we need to try stuff and go, that wasn't for me. Yeah. And in fact, I have a story. <laughs> I actually love this because although it sounds really bad, it was actually a really valuable experience for this person. I was working in an establishment in Brunswick and this young bloke came in and he said, okay, I've come, this is the first, my first time in a brothel. Um, I've, I'm actually married to my wife and we've been married to, since we're very young and we've only ever had sex with each other. And I want to know what it feels like to sleep with someone other than my wife. I'm like, okay, this is, you have embarked upon this voyage of discovery. Okay, let's do it. So we had sex, then we're lying there and I'm like, okay, so like, how do you feel about that? How do you feel right now? He's like, I feel like shit because I just cheated on my wife. And I went, well, you learn something. Like you've learned the yeah. thing that you came here to learn, which is how will I feel if I cheat on my wife? How will I feel if I sleep with someone else? And the answer for him was it real was bad. terrible. And now he knows. So yeah. a lot of people might tell that as a bad story, but I actually think it was really good. Mm. Sometimes we don't know until we experiment, and that would have been a really big personal growth moment for him to go, actually, no, I, this is not what yeah, I want. Yeah, this is not the flavor that I want to taste. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think also like I'm sure I tasted good, just saying. <laughs> but he knew at that point, I'm, right? I very much believe that you did. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's also like a lot of people discount the fact that like like to me I think sex work is the perfect place for experimenting in that yeah. way. Like imagine if it had been like the neighbor or, you know, one of the kids' teachers yeah, or yeah. like just know, blow it all up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sex work is good neutral ground. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think the other thing, like just in terms of, you know, getting a good booking and experimenting and whatnot, I think the other thing to keep in mind, and it's something that I saw happen a little bit, is sometimes we would have people come in, you know, who might have had something in mind that they wanted to try, but they ended up with the wrong person for what they wanted. So like, for example, we would have someone who was looking for the girlfriend experience, like that really sensual kind of cuddly kind of vibe, um, but ended up with someone who was a bit kind of like, aloof and a bit kind of maybe standoffish if you get the wrong person for what you want 
don't be afraid to try again. This applies to therapists too. If you're looking Absolutely. for a therapist and it just doesn't feel like it's hitting the right spot, don't blame yourself. No. Try someone else. Same applies yeah. to sex work. Maybe they just weren't a good fit for you. It doesn't mean that that activity doesn't work for you. Maybe it just wasn't the right person. Yeah, Such exactly. A good point. Yeah. yeah. It's like I went to the gym once and like I tried a treadmill, hated it. Now I don't oh, exercise. I fucking hate the treadmill. Yeah. But I do like lifting weights. Yeah. Very much. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. just because one thing doesn't work doesn't mean you rule out the whole collection. Or if you have a bad personal trainer, which can put people off the gym for like forever. Yeah. Oh my god, don't get me started on that. <laughs> okay. I think that like we're actually nearly out we've covered so many things. And there's a couple of things that I need to ask that are really important. And one of those is time because this is a thing that goes very differently in a brothel um oh well maybe it doesn't you know if i'm doing an independent job yeah like i need the booking to end on time maybe i have another one but if we run five minutes over if we're chatting whatever um you know that's okay right maybe i'm in the hotel room and if i don't if i leave two minutes late it's not the end of the world but in the brothel there's a big fuck off buzzer (laughs) and when the time is up it buzzes very alarmingly. It's not sexy. And that is your sign that you have to get the fuck out. And it can be really jarring. It is It is the antithesis of sexy. Like, <laughs> I'm not quite there. Oh, no, you're done. No, it is like if you were close, you won't be after you hear that buzzer. Um, look, it's, yeah, it is unfortunate that like timing in brothels is yeah there's not a lot of wiggle room but it is um one of the advantages is that you can very quickly and easily pay for more time Um, oh this is true so this is called extending right exactly and you can extend your booking so um most places will have increments so whatever the minimum booking is is what you can extend by so where i worked our minimum booking was half an hour which was therefore you could extend by half an hour um, but some places are like as low as 15 minutes. Um, so yeah, like at our place, if you had an hour booking, you could extend by half an hour or an hour or and whatever you wanted. this is useful because, you know, um, you know, getting to the finish line, if you're trying to come, which is not obviously not necessary or expected, but if you are trying to come, it can be really hard knowing that you're coming up to a deadline, coming up mm. to a deadline, so to speak. <laughs> Sometimes you want to give yourself a bit more wiggle room. So many metaphors. <laughs> it can be really quite um, challenging. And of course, your work is going to do their best to guide you through with the right timing. But of course, we don't all come on command or on the right time. You might want to extend or you might just want to acknowledge that you're there for a specific amount of time, take the pressure off and don't expect that you're going to come literally two minutes before. So we did used to get people that would either come in, come in, I just can't help myself, (laughs) people that would stay with someone at the brothel and then their time would be up. And they're like, oh no, but I'm really close to coming. So we have to keep going, but you can't. Once you've hit that buzzer, you're done. Um, There really is no, oh, just give me one more minute. And that will not endear you to your sex worker at all because they're going to get shit from the receptionist for running over time. Yeah, and that's not on them. That is very much on reception. Like, we will give them shit. It is not, like, there were plenty of sex workers who were like, I just need two more minutes with this client, but we were like, get the fuck out of the room. Because this is how it runs. waiting to go in there. That room needs to be used and that's how it goes. So that's one good etiquette tip. Um, Even if if you feel you're super close and you just need a few more minutes, you will need to pay for that time. Uh, And that means going, okay, look, I feel like I'm nearly there. I just need a little bit longer. Um, Could I book for another 15 or another 20 or another half hour? But you will have to pay for it before you do the time yes which can be a little bit you got to put your clothes back on and go back down the corridor and you know or 
we used to just get them to put a towel on and we'd take the FPOS machine to the door. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, we were very courteous oh, that's like great. That. I saw yeah. a lot of little, like, um, cute semi-naked runs out to the cash <laughs> machine and it was actually really nice. We'd be like, oh, enjoy yourself, hi. Yeah, <laughs> Stay here longer, huh? That's great. Um, yeah, so that was good. But it's good to keep in mind. Time is very much to time. And, you know, some of we'd have some customers that would know that they were half-hour guys or one-hour yep. guys or, you know, God forbid, 15-minute guys. Nothing wrong with that. They'd know that they'll come in 15 minutes and they'll be done and so there's no point them booking an hour. You know, and you get to, maybe you get to know yourself a little. But some places will also charge you by the orgasm as well. So some Ooh. places will be like, you know, you it's, it's odd. Like my parlor didn't, but I've seen places that are like, you know, you can come like twice in half an hour or something like that. Like it, obviously <laughs> they're not saying they can do magic like if you're like, physically what if, what capable you of it right it's like yep yeah, five times in an hour is fine and everyone's like but does that ever happen, happen? like <laughs> um so you know if you are booking at a place where it's like you know are oh, you only allowed like if you come once and you've booked for an hour you can use the rest of the hour but you your service provider won't try and make you come again this is a good thing to point out too like there are some very nice things to do after you come it's not always necessary to come two minutes before the buzzer and hop in the shower you could come halfway through and then have a really nice massage with your worker or a nice hangout and chill you could ask them to get you a soft drink or get you a drink if you're in a place where drinking is a thing it's not at the moment in victoria um but you know like there are it's not just about the um the piv yeah or whatever you might go in not even wanting to come at all like you might go mm-hmm. in just like enjoying all the other shit you can One hour do cuddle motherfucker yeah Got some good times right there keep Hell an open yes. mind it's definitely more than just uh, getting off for sure yeah like you can take scrabble in guys like Oh, dude, I'd lose my shit if someone wanted to place. Actually, I'm really bad at Scrabble, but still, I still love it. I got to assemble a Lego kit with someone on a booking recently. Oh, my God. It was just amazing. That's amazing. So good. It was Wally. Anyway, um, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your experiences. This has been really good. It's brought back, you know, fond memories of my early brothel experiments. I guess um, if you could leave us with one last piece of advice for clients, if there's one thing that a client could do going to a brothel to endear themselves to the workers to make sure that people are happy to see them there again, what what is that thing? Honestly, and I know this sounds super daggy, but, and for all you non-Australians, that means like just kind of like (laughs) a bit silly, Um, but just be kind. Like Mm. do not ever underestimate how much just being kind will endear you. Yeah, treat your workers like people. Look them yeah. in the eye. Say hi. How's your night going? Yeah, make that bit of effort. Exactly. You know? Like if you if you see someone regularly, bring them flowers. Yeah, just basic shit. Like think about like when you've worked in retail or hospital or like any kind of customer facing industry, and like think about how the people that made you feel good made you feel good. Like was it because they were nice to you or was it because they came in and made demands and paid you and left? Right. Ask them if they're having a nice time. And I know this is super obvious, but it can feel a bit like you're just being taken through a process. When you Mm. visit a brothel, your time starts, time finishes, your worker tells you all the things you need to do. But there's room in there to go, hey, like how are you going at the moment? How does this feel? How's this going for you? Um, you know, and just checking in and showing that you actually um, care that they're enjoying the experience too. Yeah. That's really, you know, I would say that that's a thing that, that should happen for everyone. But of course, we get caught up in our own nerves and as clients yeah. and we forget to ask sometimes. But I think that that check-in and that concern, yeah, yeah is really great. Yeah. Just 
always try and be kind because honestly that's the thing that will make you stand out and that's the thing that will make you memorable and people will look forward to you coming back right and we're all people it is really nice when people when clients and when everyone knows that sex workers are people and we just want to be seen as people and we just want to you know get to know you as people too yeah yeah Oh, thank you so much. This has been really cool. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you if they'd like to read more of your stuff, finding that awesome um, brothel article that you have? Yeah, absolutely. So you can always find me on smutbuttons.com. So that's S-M-U-T, smutbuttons.com. Um, and yeah, I also post memes on Instagram that you may find quite titillating your meme game is pretty good <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you uh i'd like to take credit for them but i just steal them off reddit to be honest uh, and what about omg yes yeah so that? if you would like to know how to uh make vaginas and vulvas very very happy uh which i strongly encourage you to do you can check out omg yes at any time um they're really fucking cool um they have three seasons out now um and you basically pay just once and you have access to the season's forever um kind of like buying a dvd if anyone remembers those um and yeah so each season's broken up into a different topic and the season that i'm in is all about sex toys so good i would love it if i ran into a client that had done omg yes i would be thrilled i'm like wow you got the skills i can't wait until that happens i'm sure it will happen Yeah, yeah that would oh there should be like some kind of like badge that they get just like yeah. they walk in and they've got like the like like the girl guides where they've got like the pins and it's mm-hmm. like so I know where the clitoris is I know G-spot, how to finger A-spot. I know how to make you squirt like, edging yeah yeah, yeah. I'm just things like, yes I need you inside me I should probably offer a discount or something I'll give it serious <laughs> consideration membership to OMG yes gives you automatic automatic discount yes yes I love that huh. yeah <laughs> oh, you're a legend thank you always love talking to you mate. thank you so much for having me pleasure as always thanks for joining us if you want to become an expert client head on over to the website satisfactionproject.com for more articles your questions answered and exclusive member only content After all, wise clients are the best clients. Stick with us and you'll be well on your way to having those peak experiences with sex workers that make life worth living.